RTHK, the news at one with Barry O'Rourke. The top story is the Transport Commissioner rules out a suggestion from taxi drivers that it should waive the fee for driver cards for the new e-toll payment system. A top government official urges iCable Communications to redeploy staff rather than sack them when it ends its pay TV service. And a leading Qatari banker confirms that he's heading a consortium that plans to buy Premier League side Manchester United. The Transport Commissioner, Rosanna Law, has rejected suggestions from the taxi industry that the government should waive the $120 fee for driver cards for the new electronic toll payment system. Ms Law says that if they don't want to pay for a physical tag, taxi drivers can use the Hong Kong e-toll for free by logging on to their account online or through the app. She added that the government is considering public feedback to the proposed system. Hong Kong has 18,000 taxis and around 40,000 active cabbies, but more than 200,000 people with a taxi driving license. If we give everyone with a license a free driver card, it won't be in line with the principle of making the best use of public money. The Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development, Algernon Yao, says the government would prefer it if iCable Communications could avoid laying off staff and instead redeployed them within the company after it terminates its pay TV service from June. Speaking on a radio programme, Mr Yao said there could be changes in overall staff numbers after the station surrenders its pay TV licence, adding that the Labour Department will monitor the situation. Police Commissioner Raymond Hsu says his tenure in the top police job was extended to facilitate a smooth transition among senior management. Mr Hsu reaches retirement age in April, but the government announced earlier that he would stay on until 2025. Mr Hsu was appointed police chief in June 2021, succeeding Chris Tang, who became the Secretary for Security under Chief Executive John Lee's administration. Asked about his expectations for his successor, the police chief said it was important for leaders to be able to communicate and support frontline staff, noting that the force had closed to close to 30,000 officers, including auxiliaries. A leading Qatari banker has confirmed his bid to buy the English Premier League side Manchester United. Sheikh Jassim bin Hamad Al Thani will lead a consortium that wants to purchase the club outright. The BBC's Andy Swiss at Old Trafford has more. Sheikh Jassim bin Hamid Al Thani. He's the son of a former Prime Minister of Qatar and he says he is a lifelong Manchester United fan. Uh, in a statement, he says his bid will return the club to its former glories, both on and off the pitch. He says his bid is for 100% of the club and will be completely debt-free through his foundation. Uh, remember, the current owners, the Glazer family, angered a lot of the fans here by plunging the club into millions of pounds of debt. And he says says his vision is for Manchester United to be regarded as the greatest football club in the world. The British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is to meet other European and Western leaders at a security gathering in Germany later today. In a speech to the Munich Security Conference, he's expected to call for NATO to promise long-term support for Ukraine against any future Russian aggression. The BBC's James Landale has more. This conference has given Western leaders a chance to remake their case for defending Ukraine against Russian forces. Their aim to try to convince the Kremlin their resolve will not falter. And today, Rishi Sunak will be no exception. He'll meet fellow allies and he'll ask them to double down on their support for Ukraine. But the Prime Minister will also go further and say allies must think about what should happen after the war. He'll call for NATO to agree a new charter setting out what advanced military capabilities the Allies would give Ukraine in the longer term. 
A gunman in Mississippi in the United States has killed six people in four locations. The victims were all in the small community of Arcabulta and included the gunman's former wife. The sheriff of Tate County says two handguns and a shotgun have been recovered and a suspect is in custody. And now to the weather forecast for this afternoon and tonight. It'll be dry with sunny periods this afternoon and mainly cloudy tonight with moderate easterly winds. And the outlook is rather warm during the day tomorrow, but windy with cool mornings in the following few days. And currently at the observatory, the temperature is 23 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is at 62%. Please be advised the yellow fire danger warning is in force. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past one. An independent inquiry in Canada has backed the government over the actions it took to end a trucker's blockade of the main crossing with the United States a year ago. The inquiry found the government was within its rights to invoke emergency powers. These allowed police to remove and arrest protesters and to freeze the assets of those suspected of funding the blockade. Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, said the government had no choice but to use the emergency measures. What we experienced last year was a national emergency that threatened the security of Canadians. Our job as a government is always to keep people safe and invoking the Emergencies Act was the necessary thing to do to remove the threat and to protect people. A Bulgarian investigative journalist has said he's been banned from attending the BAFTA Awards in London due to take place tomorrow. Christo Grosev is the lead Russia investigator for the journalism group Bellingcat. He features prominently in a BAFTA-nominated documentary nominated for an award. The BBC's Simon Jones reports. Christo Grozev is credited with helping to reveal the alleged plot to kill the Russian dissident Alexei Navalny with the nerve agent Novichok. Mr. Grozev is featured in the film uncovering details that suggested involvement by the Kremlin, which it denies. But on Twitter he wrote, I was surprised to discover that my whole family and I have all been banned by the British police from attending this weekend's BAFTA Awards, where the documentary Navalny is nominated. The reason stated, we represent a public security risk. BAFTA said safety was its highest priority and robust arrangements were in place for the ceremony. Roman coins, religious objects and fragments of clothing from the 7th century are just some of the treasures found in the UK in the last 20 years. Until now, only treasure made from precious metal or part of a hoard needs to be declared or offered for sale to museums. But that's all about to change, as the BBC's David Silito reports. The famous Crosby Garrett ceremonial Roman helmet with its haunting visor in the shape of the face of a young man was discovered in Cumbria in 2010. But rather than end up in a museum, it was sold to a private collector because it was made of a copper alloy. The government is now proposing to amend the Treasure Act. At the moment, objects have to be declared, valued and offered for sale to a museum if they're made of a precious metal or part of a hoard and more than 300 years old. The government wants to reduce that to 200 years and to include all types of metal and introduce a new test of historical significance which will allow an item to be classed as treasure if it can be proved to be important to local, national or regional history or if it's connected with a particular individual or event. To football now and the BBC's Mike McCarthy has a preview of some of the big games to look forward to in the English Premier League. 
dropped after a dramatic twist in the Premier League title race in midweek. The action resumes on Saturday. Arsenal start the weekend in second and travel to Aston Villa, a side now led by former Gunners manager Unai Emery. Meanwhile, Manchester City, whose win at Arsenal on Wednesday put them top of the table on goal difference, head to Nottingham Forest. Arsenal still hold the advantage of a game in hand over the defending champions, but this weekend could be a key indicator of whether momentum has truly shifted City's way. At the bottom of the table, there's a huge clash at Goodison Park. Sean Dyche's Everton know a win over managerless Leeds would lift them out of the relegation zone at their opponent's expense. Elsewhere, bottom of the table, Southampton still without a manager after talks with Jesse Marsh broke down, go to Chelsea. In the race for the Champions League, Liverpool can put themselves back in contention, but they'll need to be the first side to beat Newcastle United at St James's Park this season. Jurgen Klopp's men were the last team to beat Newcastle in the Premier League all the way back in August. And Tottenham will be without manager Antonio Conte when they host West Ham. He says he won't return to work until he's made an entire recovery from surgery to remove his gallbladder. Cricket and England's batsmen grabbed 158 runs but lost four wickets in a breakneck session that leaves the first test finally poised at Mount Monganui in New Zealand. The tourists raced to 335 for seven in their second innings, opening up a 354-run lead in the day-night encounter at the Bay Oval. New Zealand seamer Neil Wagner recorded figures of two for 104, the most runs any bowler has conceded from their first 11 overs in test history. Meanwhile, Australian opener David Warner is concussed and is out of the second test against India. The team made the announcement ahead of the start of the second day's play in New Delhi. Warner was hit on the helmet by fast bowler Mohamed Siraj on the opening day and will be replaced by fellow left hand batsman Matt Renshaw. Australia, who lost the opener of the four-match series, were bowled out for 263 yesterday. And finally, golf. And Tiger Woods has blamed poor putting for a disappointing 74 at the Gen- Genesis Invitational yesterday. The 15-time major champion is playing for the first time since the British Open in July as he continues to fight back from serious leg injuries suffered in a car accident in 2021. That's all the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 The primary healthcare blueprint has been launched. The government is devoted to foster disease prevention and early treatment. Connecting community health care services, district health centers across the 18 districts help you live a healthy life and be aware of health risks early. The Blueprint encourages the family doctor for all concept to keep track of your health, manage chronic diseases and avoid complications. Let you enjoy a healthier and quality life. Visit primaryhealthcare.gov.hk to learn more. When you receive a statutory notice under the Mandatory Building Inspection Scheme, you must appoint a registered inspector to inspect the building and supervise repair works found necessary. The buildings department may conduct audit checks afterwards. Even if you haven't received a statutory notice, you can arrange an inspection voluntarily according to the requirements of the scheme. Visit bd.gov.hk for details. Radio 3. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Time for the British Invasion. One of the most influential times in music history. Here's the Adam, the Adams family. Here's the animals. We got to get out of this place. Right here on Radio 3, Michael Lance, Playlist Bossy. Now, my girl, you're so young and pretty. And one thing I know is true. 
That's right, American popular music experienced a seismic shift in 1964. That year, British bands launched what became commonly known as an invasion of the American pop charts and culture, led by the Beatles, other British bands, such as the Stones, Donovan, Dave Clark Five, the Kinks, the Yardbirds, Searchers, the Animals, and many more completely and dramatically affected the course of rock and roll in America. Began in, what, 1963, late 63, ended the beginning of 67 when psychedelic rock became mainstream. Here's 1965, The Who, My Generation. Off 